Curiously Polar with Chris Marquardt and Mario Aguarona. Hello and welcome back to Curiously Polar, the show about all things very north and very south. My name is Chris Marquardt and with me I have Mario Aguarone. Hi Mario. Hi Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Um, we're going to talk about, well, we have talked about a lot of different things on this show, um, including the pollution in the Arctic last week, maybe not the most sunny cheering. topic, the most cheery <laughs> topic, but uh, definitely a part of the whole thing. Um, we want, well, we, we I've been up there, you live up there in the Arctic, and um, there are various modes of transportation there. You can can uh, do dog sledding. We talked about this in episode 18, if people want to know more. Uh, you can, of course, um, go on a ship or uh, use skis and so on. And there's one thing that I don't see a lot around here, where I live in Germany, but that is pretty much a staple up there um, almost everywhere, even with spe special tracks on, uh, on the roads or special roads for snowmobiles. Um, let's talk a bit All about right. those. Yes, and uh, and actually, um, just to um, just as as, a, as an introduction to this is also that uh, snowmobiles are not uh, allowed everywhere. Um, there are countries that are more lenient on the use of snowmobiles, and mm -hmm. countries that are more strict. Norway, for example, is a very strict uh, policy for the use of snowmobiles. Up here in uh, in northern Norway, we uh, uh, like normal citizens uh like do not have the right of using snowmobiles oh, really? out I didn't on know the that. apart from very few tracks that are just dedicated to this but if you are uh, from the sami population so if you are on this ethnic group that is the original inhabitants of of northern norway and actually all of northern norway northern finland and in northwestern russia um you are allowed to use uh, snowmobiles in for example reindeer herding or moving uh, equipment around the farms and uh, around the settlements so let's let's there is there is a there are there are differences while in in sweden and in finland you can you can use snowmobiles uh, like just uh, also in normal citizens can use snowmobiles almost everywhere all right so so let's yeah. let's first define what is a snowball mobile yeah well uh Snowmobiles are mechanical devices for moving on the snow, and um, and I must I must admit that I was quite uh, quite surprised that that uh, about the uh, the history of snowmobiles when I when I first uh, started reading about it because uh, they are um, they actually go back quite a while and um, and it's. Uh, it's not always the same. Uh, well, they didn't start out as the same model that we have now, with one track on the back, like a rubber or Kevlar uh, track, and and two skis in the front, which is the the usual uh, snowmobile that we that we uh, we think about. But uh, early on, and we are talking about the early 1900s, uh, there are uh, already machines that can move on the snow. And that's uh, that's very interesting. I um, both in the uh, in the uh, U.S. and in the in Canada, uh, there are uh, actually machines that move on the snow that are based on 
for example, uh, cars, uh, like a Ford T. Mm-hmm. Um, so they replaced yeah. some of the front wheels with skis and... Yeah, they put skis under the uh, like the steering in the front wheels, and they put tracks on the uh, on the uh, on the back part of the of the back wheels. So it would have grip in the snow mm-hmm. and be able to push. Yes, it would grip in the snow and would be transporting stuff. And they they were like, I think that the the concept is like, how do you move people and material uh, across a snow covered landscape, sure, and uh, without having to uh, clear the roads or um, yeah, just uh, moving moving stuff across the fields if you don't have a road uh, going there, and that's um, that's quite interesting because uh, there have been several uh, several attempts of doing doing strange stuff, like um, uh, this uh, Hungarian uh, was it Hungarian or Romanian? I th- it probably was Romanian um, Romanian engineer called Coanda um, that made a um, motor sled that is powered by a kind of a a uh, it's not a jet engine but an engine that moves the air through a tube so, a so ca- about turbine propeller kind of thing yeah but it's not really <laughs> a turbine in itself because it's just the the engine makes uh, a fan move and okay. the fan pushes the air through uh, a, a tube uh, a little bit funnel shaped so that it, it presses the air in the back uh, without uh, combustion in the airflow, like right. uh, like a jet. So um, and then and then there are the uh, <laughs> the um, there is the um, um, the development of a a, um, a a caterpillar track system that can be adapted to put to be put on the back wheels uh, traction wheels of a of a, of a car. And this is uh, designed by a guy called Adolf Kegres, and it's called a Kegres track. And he was working for uh, the Tsar Nicholas II of Russia in the uh, well, of course, before the revolution. <laughs> and uh, and it could uh, you could fit these tracks to a conventional car, and and turn it into like what they call a half track car. Mm-hmm. And this has been used widely um, well, in different places along, makes sense. along the... Yeah. It makes sense because you have an existing car and you can modify it to do something else then. Yeah, and I've seen recently on a, um, on an, uh, a video, uh, I think it was from Alaska, of a, a production track system that you actually fit on instead of the wheels into onto uh, the wheels of a like a four-wheel drive vehicle oh, okay. and uh it's kind of a like a a triangular uh, uh system oh i think i've seen with, those, with yeah. three three wheels of the three vertices of a, an equilateral triangle and with a track around <laughs> and you just bolt it and instead of the instead of the wheel and you can use those for moving around and and of course the track increases the surface and that uh, also yeah. it has these ridges that allow it to grip in the snow so that makes mm. the whole thing possible wheels wouldn't be possible because they would be just sinking in yeah and this is this is a basic problem like you want something that floats on top of the snow and it depends on what kind of snow we're talking about if you're talking about dry snow you need less of a, a less of a, a surface 
in order to distribute the weight because it, it can bear more weight on top but if it's a very soft and fluffy wet snow it will be or or wet snow it would be uh, it would need a much larger surface uh, in order to to keep up the vehicle um so um and and this is like when we we're talking about snowshoes in an earlier episodes we have had the same problem of course and so uh we have uh we have the, the the problem of having something that grips the snow and this is obviously i mean apart from these uh, uh jet or air propulsed propelled um, or um like propeller propelled uh, sleighs that they've also been made um we have the track system a caterpillar track system which is the one that has pretty much one out so far i haven't seen any yeah. propeller based snowmobiles ever in my lifetime no but i wonder if the thing that we saw in uh that looked more like a like a speedboat in barnsburg actually wasn't something like oh, that because right. it was mostly used in russia but it but it yeah. wasn't but it wasn't okay there, there is in barnsburg and uh, svalbard there is this um it looks like an exhibition piece somewhere on the side so i don't think it's in actual use but it had this um many stroke engine on the back like an airplane like engine on the engine, back yeah. so yeah. it looked like um yeah like some form of pro- propelled propeller propelled device yeah, yeah you're right that might be it that might be it <laughs> they might they might be it I, I was wondering when i was reading about these uh these things but the um but so if we go from uh like uh machines that look like cars or cars that have been adapted with with tracks uh and skis uh in order to move on the on the snow then we have actually um the uh uh production of specific machines that are made just for moving on the snow and um and one of them is uh is made by uh by bombardier um by the uh the company that uh well is now building um airplanes and also they build uh, outboard engines and skidoos or or uh, or snowmobiles and here in, uh, in germany we know them also for making uh cars uh train cars for for the yeah, railway yeah, system yeah exactly yeah. yeah they are industrial uh, transport uh, mm-hmm. production as well but um and they they started making like a kind of a, a bus with uh, up to 12 passengers i mean they had a 12 passenger or seven passenger um, um kind of a bus with with caterpillars in in the back and and these caterpillars very early on were made by rubber and uh, and cotton webbing instead of metal um and then skis in the front and they were used uh i think they produce uh, thousands of units of these uh mm-hmm. um of these of these machines and they, they were used uh, up to well world war ii and shortly after world war ii and um and then uh, like uh, people have also been trying to adapt motorbikes uh to to work on the snow so putting a track in the back and a ski in the front and skis on the sides uh in order to keep it up <laughs> that's uh, uh kind of uh, interesting machines but it's usually using technology that is there and machines that are already in production and transforming them and that uh, that is that is the the the, the current motor or the current snowmobiles that the ones that i've seen with like a single person on them 
um, are, I, I would think, probably derived from motorbikes because that's what they look like. And uh, well, it, at least in some way, they're similar to that in construction yes, you, yes, have the, you have yes, the you have the the propulsion thing in the back and you have a steering thing in the front and uh, most of these snowmobiles today have a, have a st handlebar that looks like a motorbike handlebar and a seat yeah. that looks like a motorbike seat and um, yeah so I, i guess that there's a pretty good similarity and maybe an origin Yeah, and that is uh, that is just uh, like uh, it was in the in the sixties where the Bombardier company, which is now Bombardier Recreational Product or BRP, um, produced uh, the um, machine that we know we now identify as the archetypal uh, snowmobile. Uh, they called it a ski doo, and this is why ski doo is almost a synonym for snowmobile, at least in some areas, um, and. Um, And it is, uh, uh, as you're saying, like uh, a machine that has a, a caterpillar track and one in the back. Uh, on top of it, there is a seat, uh, like uh, like on a motorbike, in where the 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 rider straddles the seat, and in between the knees of the of the rider, there is uh, the engine. At the beginning, it was a two-stroke engine, and nowadays it's mostly four strokes. And and then in the front, there is a steering system that. Could have been originally with a with a steering wheel, uh, but uh, now mostly on a handlebar, with a handlebar and two skis in the front uh, that uh, uh, do uh, uh, the function of directing the 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 machine. And uh, and this is uh, and this is where uh, like uh, we are now. Like uh, the development now, apart from a few manufacturers that produce specialized. Uh, machines uh, for example um, mm, uh, snowmobiles that look like these snowmobiles but have two tracks in the back for example for transporting heavier material mm -hmm. or for special uh, special purposes we have uh, a few uh, strange machines in 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 sweden at some point uh, somebody has uh, thought of producing a, a machine called the uh, the caterpillar larven um, which is uh, a um, Uh, a snowmobile reduced to the minimum component so it's, it's just a track uh, like a caterpillar track and an engine with a seat on top oh wow and so you need to have your skis on in order to direct it oh so, but, so but, you, but you sit on it like on a little luge interesting <laughs> and, and then you and then you you go around with this i have to find a a and there is even a, an, an association uh, of uh, uh Riders uh, of owners of this. Uh, oh, this looks Lauren. hilarious! <laughs> it looks this really looks hilarious. hilarious. You're wearing your own skis, and it yeah, just and of pushes course it, you. And it has the advantage, of course, <laughs> is being very small, and you can put it in the trunk of your car and then, then take it out. And, so it's um, it's really it's really interesting, but um, but mostly now we have uh, we have these. Uh, Uh, the, the development is on the kind of propulsion, um, on the different finesses that you can have, uh, and for the kind of propulsion, we we go to uh, uh, quieter and cleaner engines as well as more powerful engines. So we we go from two-stroke traditional two-stroke engines to two-stroke engines with some sort of uh, um, pollution-reducing. Uh, mechanisms um and uh and then and then 
even over to electrical engines. And I've been uh, working at a project that was uh, trying to uh, um, develop fuel cells for uh, low, high, high efficiency fuel cells for um, low temperature applications. I, so I think for, for, for battery powered would probably still be a bit difficult because batteries don't perform as well in, in the cold. Yeah, and and this is this is a problem. I mean, you need to have a, like a if you have a fuel cell, you have a production of electricity that is uh, not dependent on a battery and not dependent on on moving parts uh, like a, like an engine, right? Um, like a, like traditional internal combustion combustion engine. So you and there are there are limitations. Of course, this was a was a very very early pilot project on on a small component of of this kind of fuel cells, uh, especially the heat exchanging. Um, we're trying to uh, mimic what happens in the heat exchanger in the nose of reindeers in order to <laughs> uh, to try to make a a fuel cell more efficient. So biomimicry uh, is, for fuel cells. Yes. Wow. And that that is something that we might want to talk about in another episode. But uh, but the, but the idea is having less noise, less pollution, and uh, and the same power. Uh, and we are talking about power. We're talking about uh, machines that are the beginning of the development of of snowmobiles. We are talking about ten horsepower. Now we're going to to two hundred fifty, three hundred horsepower, even more. And uh, and speeds that uh, um, I wonder if they are um, if they're not uh, slightly dangerous when when you pass uh, 250 300 kilometers an hour in the snow. I um, I'm, I'm just wondering in snow yeah. in snow you often can't really see <laughs> like if there's a hole in the ground because it might exactly. be covered in snow. Uh, but then exactly. on the other hand, in most cases mm. you probably mm. will fall fairly soft as opposed to a hard hard paved road yeah if you are lucky that there are no rocks under the snow or well, a yeah, okay. tree or something but uh, but uh, you know that uh, people and i've seen it here at the at the airport in uh, in tromso um, there is um, once a year a, a drag race uh, a dragster race and uh, there is a special class of dragsters that is actually snowmobiles uh-huh. so on asphalt oh <laughs> Okay, so so th- that brings up another uh, thing. Um, we have uh, so far talked about snowmobiles mostly in uh, in um, in a being mobile context, in a transportation context, but um, they they are all they do also exist nowadays in a sports context for sure. Oh yeah, sure. There are uh, there are several races, and and one of them is uh, is uh, what is it, like uh, almost. 3000 kilometers uh, uh race is called the yeah 3269 kilometers it's the alaska iron dog and it's the <laughs> longest snow machine race in the world oh, it go. goes from big lake to nome uh, uh, to fairbanks and of course it's uh, taking the name from the from the dog machine from the edita rod or uh, these uh, um, s- sleigh dogs uh, um, races, which, which we talked about but, uh, in ep- episode eighteen, mm, uh, yeah. to some extent. Yes. Um, so, wow. So, snowmobile—that's quite quite a bit more involved than I thought it was. Um, do you have any idea where this whole thing is going? Any developments? 
other than electrifying some of them? Well, the uh, I think that the uh, well, first of all, <laughs> it's connected to climate change. I mean, will we have snow enough to uh, in in places where people live so that we we would be able to to use snowmobiles? I mean, uh, of course, it is. Uh, Well, you, you said there's a drag race where they do that on asphalt, so there must be yeah, some exactly. conversion possibilities that might have extensible <laughs> extendable wheels in the front or something. Yeah, exactly. That could be something. Uh, the other the other thing is that uh, I think that the uh, the development, like like with cars, and maybe at some point we'll talk about uh, what the latest trends are with with cars and what the influence they have on the climate. Um, But uh, we are going towards a greener uh, way of using our transportation, especially when it has to do with uh, with recreation. And, and snowmobiles are not not very silent; they are quite loud, actually. At yeah, some yeah. can be, and uh, with the four-stroke engines, um, they will probably also um, add to some of the air pollution. Yeah, exactly. So, so we have a, we have a development that goes towards quieter and cleaner. Uh, snowmobiles whatever the system of propulsion is and um, and also there is uh, something about comfort and safety uh, most snowmobiles new snowmobiles now they have a heating system on the seat and in the in the handlebar so that you would uh, not freeze in in very mm -hmm. low temperatures and uh, so the comfort is there uh, there are systems of uh, uh, that uh, Uh, make a little bit more safe the the ride by uh, reducing the braking speed and uh, and by stabilizing uh, the motorbike uh, the the snowmobile um, but um, of course uh, like uh, we are talking about uh, an open vehicle uh, that uh, has the rider sitting on top of it so we still have inherent danger of uh, in Yeah, collision against uh, against uh, obstacles in the in the landscape. Here, And Wikipedia says on average, 10 people a year have died in such in crashes uh, in Minnesota alone. With, in Minnesota, yeah. with alcohol a contributing factor in many cases. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, I've been I've been controlled in in Longyearbyen, and it was a Easter uh, Sunday. Uh -huh. um, Easter, <laughs> and. Um, I was um, uh, riding a snowmobile up uh, the valley towards Huset, the uh, the big uh, restaurant and uh, pub up in in the valley behind Longyearbyen, and um, and I got waved in by a policeman. When you returned <laughs> was, from there? Well, no, when no, when I was I was going out, I was On staying the way in town, there, and okay. I was I was just riding away, and uh, together with with my partner, mm -hmm. and we were taking a tour up the valley and up the glacier, and and he checked us for uh, with the alcohol uh, meter, and he was actually very surprised that uh, I didn't have any alcohol in me. Oh, he expected. And, that. Uh, He expected that. He was just extremely surprised. <laughs> like, you are, you are. <laughs> is, my, is my meter broken? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But uh, of course, I had arrived in in Longyearbyen. Apart from the fact that I try not to, and usually manage not to drink at all if I have to drive. But um, but the um, the the fact is that I I had arrived in Longyearbyen and the alcohol uh, selling shops, wine and liquor stores, they were already closed. Oh, so you just got and lucky? So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yes, exactly. Uh, 
And I, actually, do you know that uh, in Norway, we actually have a um, uh, driving license uh, class that is for snowmobiles? No, I didn't <laughs> so know that. On my driver's license, there is a line that actually lists snowmobiles. I mean, it's specially dedicated to snowmobiles. There are tractors, there are different, uh, different Hold on. vehicles. Stay, stay, stay on, I'm, I'm yeah, getting yeah. my driver's license. Yeah, it is, it is the S class. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I have to, and I was very I surprised. Think there are some special things on my driver license here in Germany. I would I would be surprised if it was if you had an S class. Well, we do have. Yeah. Let me see. I have different motorbikes and buses and sizes and cars with tractors, tractors and tractors and so on. No snowmobile on here. I would be <laughs> surprised, but there is none. I was, I was almost yeah. expecting to find something weird on there, but no, it's not. <laughs> not in Germany. No snowball, spe special snowball license here. I guess. Yeah. It's probably covered by one of the motorbike licenses. Oh well. So. Yeah. Um. Snowmobiles. Oh, the funny is well, the fu funny is probably the wrong word. The the um, for me most um, strange kind of uh, kind of accident that can happen with snowmobiles that I just read about is that when you go over ice over a frozen lake, um, the snowmobile might be well uh, well in within the range of uh, being carried by the ice because uh, it, it spreads its weight out. Um, but then sometimes you know, snowmobile riders, when they step off the vehicle in such a situation, they, they break through the ice because they have a much smaller <laughs> yes. surface and then they drown. So um, if you do that, if you're out on a frozen lake with a snowmobile, it's probably a good idea to stay on the snowmobile until you're back on land. All right, snowmobiles. Yep. Who would have snowmobiles. thought that there's so much interesting stuff about them? Um, I yet I, I I I have to drive my first snowmobile snowmobile um, uh, yet. I haven't done that so far, but I guess next time I'm up in Longyearbyen, I certainly yeah, have to you make a point in trying that. But uh, but it is uh, is it hard it to is, learn? It, it's not hard to learn. It's a little bit scary, but if you are careful and at the beginning you go slowly and you are careful about the terrain, it's fine. And usually there are around Longyearbyen there are tracks. So you you follow the the tracks and uh, and you shouldn't get into too much trouble. Um, the uh, the problem comes with speed, of course, because mm -hmm. like like with everything, but uh, but also with uh, uh, going uphill or downhill, and uh, maybe having to turn around. Oh yeah, I can see what's happening there because you cannot lean in as much as you could with a motorbike. You can't, and uh, and so uh, there are special techniques, and uh, and it is um, well, it is something that you do with a little bit of apprehension <laughs> the first times. <laughs> so, last question yeah. before we close this episode: What's faster, a snowmobile or a polar bear? Uh, <laughs> you hope you hope it's a motorbike. It's a snowmobile, of course. If you are sitting on top of it, all right. But um, yeah, okay. I don't want to try this race, but no, I want no. to try riding a, mo a snow snowmobile uh, next sure. time I'm up there. Okay, uh, Mario, thank you so much for this welcome, information. Chris. I'm yeah, learned something new again. Every time I learn something new on this show. 
Um, If you want to find out more about Curiously Polar, go to CuriouslyPolar.com. There are now 28, including this, 28 episodes on all sorts of interesting things. And yeah, we're, we're planning to make more. So stay tuned till next week. Stay cool. Stay cool.